Three, two, one. Welcome to Learn Videography, a podcast dedicated to mastering the art and business of becoming a full-time videographer. Presented by Industry Jump. Hosted by director Kyle Loftus and producer JJ England. Let's go. Welcome back to Learn Videography, your podcast to learn everything you need to know about becoming a full-time videographer. As always, I'm here with my co-host Kyle Loftus. And our special guest for today, Zach Dula, a content creator and business owner in Chicago, Illinois. How are we doing, gentlemen? We are fantastic. Hey, great. Living. Awesome. Thanks for having me out. Stoked to have you on. Thanks for making the time, Zach. We really appreciate it. Um, throughout this episode today, we'll talk to Zach about how he got started as a content creator and then discuss his journey of building multiple businesses and income streams as a content creator. Yes. Yeah, so without further ado, let, let's get off from the start. You know, how did you first get into video production, Zach? Tell us your your origin story. Sure, I could take you back to uh, age fourteen when I I started making videos with uh, a group of friends. We were doing some kind of some nonsense prank videos, everything from uh, super gluing a coin on a sidewalk and filming people try to pick it up, and uh, you know, <laughs> all the way down to the to the rest of that that stuff. And slowly uh, matured my way into um, uh, doing sports highlights. And then throughout high school, did a lot of brand video work for, for some local businesses around my area. Um, and then that led me to University of Illinois, where I filmed for the sports teams there. That was the uh, kind of a big camera on the shoulder type of gig, following around the baseball team, volleyball team, and uh, going back and cutting up from there. And then uh, uh, two years uh or then after that, I, I say this is the time in my life where I crossed over into the dark side and I, I started selling uh, radio advertising for, for two years in Chicago um, and then hit a point where saw saw a different avenue, popped my resignation letter on my boss's desk and said sayonara. And here I am three and a half years later. That's I love that's it. Awesome. How did you get into the radio business? <laughs> I was I was all about getting a sales job. I just had heard some great advice in my life that... Uh, Getting sales experience at an early age would would benefit you so much. So I was after uh, marketing sales and just ended up with this weird connection at a radio station. And uh, next thing you know, I was there and I was learning the the oldest school of sales methods possible. So just kind of random. Wow, I give you a lot of credit for that. Uh, so since you've uh, moved on from the radio gig. Tell us about your work as a content creator and kind of what clients, what type of clients you service. Sure. Right after uh, leaving, I started up Doula Creative Shop with my my business partner, uh, John Parker Bach. And uh, Doula Creative Shop's uh, kind of your, your general content house model. Um, we do a lot of brand video work, a lot of social content, uh, most of it in that, that, that 2K to 10K budget range. And uh, really across all sorts of different industries, we we've we've done it all, and and a lot of business recently, uh, more so in like the energy department and kind of some specialty B two B niches. Love awesome. it, love awesome. it. Did you start as like with like a general niche of like did you just attack one industry or did you kind of just go for everything in the beginning and have continued to have success with that? We we started off more as a like a social media agency really just trying to kind of consult on how to how to leverage the the social platforms and um, and my, my business partner and I actually go all the way back to high school together we were in the same video club there so oh, he at the bro. time was was selling uh, TV advertising while I was selling radio ads so it was this really <laughs> weird like come together where we had lunch one day and 
and uh, just kind of looked at each other and said, dang, what are we doing? And uh, so that's what kicked us off. And eventually the video and photography and all the creative work kind of tied its way back into uh, into the social media game and uh, and just kind of developed from there. Right, right. And so as you guys were developing this company, you know, it seems like you kind of were experimenting, trying out different avenues. At one point, um, you know, in the beginning stages or in the foundation of Doula Creative, did you start to see other opportunities that you could explore, kind of other niche markets that you feel you could target, Mm -hmm. you know, more specifically? We we definitely just tried to let the the company adapt. I mean, we went in with a really broad vision, and we just listened to our clients. and And usually, with you know, when you're pitching something like paid social media advertising campaigns, the next question is, "Do you have content?" And uh, at first, we we kind of pushed away from doing the content, tried to stay specialized, and and then just said, "You know what? This is a perfect one-two punch. Like, let's tie back in the video, the drone, the photography, and uh, and then so we did so and kind of never looked back. Got it. And how did you find clients in those early days? I mean, I know those are the days where so many of our content creators and listeners struggle with is getting out there, finding those clients. Did you have to do a lot of free work or were you blessed with paid gigs right from the get-go? Can you talk through that experience? I was lucky to, to be leaving with that sales experience. I mean, when you're trying to sell something like radio ads to a, a local business, you, you know, you kind of learn learn the game and kind of how to, how to talk around, not having a portfolio. But, um, we, we absolutely did a lot of discounted gigs in the beginning, a couple free jobs, anything we could do to build the portfolio. And, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of that, it was done through cold email, just manual cold email and, and just uh, solid copywriting strategy, getting the meetings. And John and I would show up there with, uh, a cluster of ideas in mind and would just spew it out to them as much as we could. And, and, uh, you know, whatever they wanted to do, we, we could execute for them. That's incredible. So essentially you built a sales pipeline through email. Early on, I was, I was very all over the place with my, my pipeline, I guess, as I would call it was mainly just like organization in Excel. Um, but, uh, nowadays my business is run entirely on automation and, uh, you know, our, our pipeline nowadays has, a lot of different stages with different campaigns and, and automations extending off of it. So it was much different back then. I was just, just, uh, you know, looking up local businesses, calling them, asking for a marketing director's email address, sending an email to them. If I didn't hear back from them, I'd, I'd give them a call the next day and, and really worked them down. Just, just a manual sales journey with in-person meetings, emails, phone calls, um, and all that follow-up, uh, at the time. Whew. A lot of work. I love that, man. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's awesome though. It's, uh, you know, how, how important or how vital was those follow-ups and actually winning over the clients in that early stage? Like how many of the clients that you worked with and say the first two to three years of doula creative, were you able to acquire just through a single email? Probably zero. The follow-up, <laughs> right, the four right. people the follow-up. Um, I mean, we, I think that's where a lot of creatives don't realize that, that you're not, you're never really going to make a sale from, from one email. You're, no. it's going to require <laughs> working them down the pipeline. And, and, you know, most of the time it's going to take three, four five touch points to, to close a deal. Sometimes it's going to take 30 touch points to close a deal, but the most organized and persistent sales reps win the game. And so we just kind of stuck to that mentality and, and kept pushing through. Yeah. Did you always use email as like your main, uh, medium or did you go into like 
I, you, you brought up phone calls as well. Did you get into social media? Like, is there a multifaceted approach to where like, we'll send an email, then a phone call, then we'll stop by in person. Like what's your philosophy there? Yeah. Nowadays we really focus on that. We have, uh, for, for both of our companies, uh, a very developed process with that, um, differs, uh, based on the product that we're selling in each company, but, uh, cross-platform communication, name of the game right now. Uh, so we go, you know, everything from sending a cold email today, connecting with them on LinkedIn, business page, connecting with them on Instagram the day after that, Instagram DMs, a follow-up phone call. I'm in no particular order there, but uh, sure. kind of spewing out all the different platforms we do. And, and yeah, if you, can, uh, if you can connect with somebody on email, get them on the phone, then they go back and see that you got a connection request on LinkedIn, then they see the companies following them on Instagram, that's building a relationship right there. And I think that's, uh, that's some of the most crucial parts of, of playing this, this game. Yeah. How much research do you do with the clients that you're reaching out to? Is it something like you're just generating lead lists and then putting those into your, your automation pipeline nowadays? Or is it uh, more structured leads that you have researched and do kind of a more custom approach for each? I'm on my, my automated fix for both companies. So with Doula Creative Shop, we'll take an industry approach and we'll uh, develop lead lists through platforms like LinkedIn Sales Navigator for a specific, uh, you know, say the energy division. And that that cold email funnel will be very specific to talk about our, our products in that industry. Uh, where with Indoor Drone Tours, which is our, our new endeavor here, which started eight months ago, that's a specialty service where we uh, fly FPV drones through residential and commercial real estate listings. That's a much easier sales process because I'm either going after brokers who sell residential homes or commercial brokers, or I'm trying to get in touch with the marketing director at some of these larger firms. Uh, so right. Taking yeah. a little different approach based on, on who I'm going after. Right. And with brokers, the beauty about that is their contact info is really easy to get a hold yeah. of. Absolutely. They're one of the easiest uh, to get on the phone and, uh, and uh, yeah, they love to talk and they love to text too. That's the best thing. We close a lot of deals in, in text messages. Incredible. What's up, y'all? We want to bring you our sponsor of the day, which is Artlist. It's a really easy and simple way to find high-quality music. They have one easy pricing model, which includes $199 for the entire year. It includes unlimited downloads, one worldwide license that's royalty-free, and new music is added daily. It's a phenomenal resource that would take your videos to the next level, and you can get two months free by signing up today using our link in bio or the link in our show notes. Use Artlist to elevate your music, take your videography business to the next level, and get started today with Artlist. When, like, at what point in this development of Doula Creative did you start building all these different funnels and systems? You know, was that something that you just progressively learned yourself? Was there a mentor that kind of helped guide you on, on where to start in creating these automation systems? About a year and a half uh, into Doula Creative Shop, I'd say we, we started investing in a lot of education and, and just learning and seeing you know everything from people leveraging automation softwares to offshore talent like virtual assistants. That really piqued my interest. So I uh, invested in a few programs, kind of learned uh, some of the basics there and, and got, my, got the groundwork set for 
systems and processes. And, and then from there, the wheels are always spinning and you always are finding ways to streamline this part of your business and, and set up a sales funnel over here for this part of the business. So uh, my, my early days were built on that manual cold email, manual uh, cold calls for the most part. And then nowadays, just entirely systemized in the back end and, and dang proud of, uh, of what we've got going with our, our sales processes. Love it. When did you start the Creative Entrepreneur Club? That goes back about a year or so ago. And we had uh, just a lot of people reaching out. My, my business partner is, uh, is an absolute guru in, in Premiere Pro. And, and so a lot of people reaching out to him for, for kind of more uh, in software advice. And, and then that always led into, you know, hey, how are you guys getting your clients? And how are you doing all these, this automation stuff? And uh, that kind of led us to just say, hey, let's let's kind of start doing uh, an educational program and, and giving out advice to people, and uh, and then that led into a, a full fledged program where we we basically arm other creatives with with our sales pipeline and and all the automations that we do. Okay, awesome. And then you also do talks for, through the program as well. Is that right? Yeah, we do monthly calls. Sometimes they're free to everybody. Other times they're just for the paid members. Um, but we'll we'll come together with a group of creative business owners and talk strategy and, and just talk about all the different uh, sales automations that are working for them and, and ways to streamline fulfillment of their business and, and just grow kind of using this, this new age of, of technology and, and systems. So why, why exactly did you create the, the Creatorpreneurs Club? You know, was that because it was just something you guys felt like compelled to do? Like you just wanted to kind of give back to the community or did you see that as like a niche? Did you recognize all these people kind of contacting you and you saw, I guess, you know, you saw the light there. You saw that this could actually be turned into another profitable business. I think it started as just wanting to provide value to a lot of these people in a, in a structured way. And uh, just most creatives, they don't understand the sales game. And I've got a unique position with coming from the creative background, doing kind of this old school sales job. And, and I don't know, I just felt like it was a perfect way for me to, to push out uh, advice to people and, and, you know, kind of, kind of lead them down the path that, that I believe you have to go to, to run a successful creative business. And that's focusing on outreach and, and setting meetings and, and getting clients. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. So you run multiple businesses. How do you manage your time? It's a good question. Um, I'm definitely always focused on not not spreading myself thin uh, across the three. I've got incredible business partners, and uh, so we all kind of take our our own lanes, and we we stay really focused in that. And and two years ago, or probably a year and a half ago, when I started really going in on the systems. Uh, made the decision with John that that I was going to no longer be behind the camera and that he was going to run that whole department of our company. And that just opened up the time for me to just sit back. And, and every day I just wake up and I go, okay, how do I grow indoor drone tours? How do I grow doula? Um, and then create a preneur club. I would call it more of a, you know, a hobby and a passion project running in the background right now. But uh, the nice gotcha. thing is when you kind of learn how to do these systems is you put a lot of work into to one business or one area of that business uh, today. And then that runs for a couple of weeks and you don't have to do anything until, you know, that dries up, whether it's automated email campaigns, automated LinkedIn campaigns. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm really just focused on building uh, systems and structures that, that live longer, you know, and, and don't require me in there every single morning 
sending emails, mm-hmm. checking up on things. Yeah, yeah, I was right. curious, Zach. You know, is, is this a process where you guys say, like, I, I don't know, do you guys like re-examine every quarter and and go, hey, you know, we need to invest more time in indoor drone tours, or um, let's adjust the the split to you know, sixty percent of our time in doula creative, thirty percent in indoor drone tours, and ten percent in the Creativepreneurs Club, or is that always just kind of rotating based on whatever business kind of has more more needs at the time? It's it's new for us. It's only indoor drone tours has been been around for eight, I think we're on month eight right now. So um, it's definitely been a learning experience for us to 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 try to navigate and and split our time equally. Um, I, on my end, I would say, you know, I, it took a lot of work in the beginning to get indoor drone tours up and running to get. Uh, the, the booking tool built, all the pricing laid out and, and the marketing campaign set up. Uh, so I really laser focused on indoor drone tours for a couple months there during during COVID. And, um, you know, since then, now that that's kind of streamlined and running, I'm, I'm now kind of able to step back and, and start structuring my time, uh, you know, more so in that way. Right, right. And how, how did you guys go about getting, um, you know, your third business partner? And I would love to you to kind of talk a little bit more about um, just how you guys communicate your process and, and your structure. You know, I think that's, that's a huge part of how you're able to, you know, scale and build multiple businesses and multiple sources of revenue is, is having business partners. You know, there's only so far you can go by yourself, you know, before you stretch yourself too thin. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was honestly a gift. We we had outsourced uh, a drone job to Ilya. Uh, Ilya is my third business partner with Indoor Drone Tours. Ilya underscore FPVs is Instagram, and uh, so he went out to do a, a real estate outdoor drone gig. And we had kind of seen his indoor capabilities a little bit. We'd been talking about it for a few months and just ways to to leverage that in more creative projects. And we just said, hey man, if you get the chance to to go inside one of these model homes, like you should try flying indoors and see what you can do. And, uh, that night he sent us uh, first cut, the first ever drone tour. And it was like, if you were to watch it, it's like 10 times the speed of what it would be at this point in time in the business. Uh, but we just watched it and it was like the most seamless fluid thing I've ever seen. It took you room to room. It shot up the stairs and just, uh, it was just an amazing, an amazing product. And we quickly, started promoting that under doula creative shop with the timing too, like with COVID and everything, people needed virtual tours. And, uh, and it kind of developed actually to the point where we were standing outside of the front door and Ilya would just place the drone in the front door and he'd be able to fly this entire house without having to go inside without ever coming in in contact or touching anything in the home. So we were selling contactless drone tours through doula for probably about a month. (laughs) So awesome, dude. And it was, uh, it was wild. And I, I remember calling Ilya the first time and just saying, you know, hey, man, like this realtor uh, has clients that, that, that they don't want anybody inside the house. Like, can we do this from outside the door? And he just goes, yeah. It's like, but I'll be cold. <laughs> like, but can you do the whole thing with like no damage or not, not hurt? He's like, absolutely. Like, you know, easily. So uh, we did that wow. for about a month running ads under doula you know, had a whole pipeline set up for that, that we built in probably two, three days that was doing all sorts of automated follow-ups and and closing deals for us. And then uh, maybe a month or two after that, we took another step back and said, Hey, this is a whole separate beast. Let's, 
buy the indoor drone tours.com URL and, and let's, you know, really put a focus on this and, and get this thing uh, where we want it. And, you know, why did you think it was so important for you guys to niche this outside of Doula Creative and really make this its own business and brand? I think the being a specialist in a space is, is crucial. And I think a lot of people, especially in our industry, they, they have the vision of wanting this massive, broad uh, umbrella company that does everything. And, and I've got a completely different mindset. I've uh, just seeing a lot of what happens in the social media industry and people niching down to one industry and scaling that to hundreds and hundreds of clients. Um, I, I just said, Hey, this is, this just feels right to do this. And I want somebody to go to this website and know that we are indoor drone tour specialty real estate service. I don't want them to go to doula.biz and get lost in our creative videos and then find indoor drone tours. Um, so it just, uh, it just seemed like it was the long-term play. Um, and I, I took, mm-hmm. uh, I took some advice from, uh, one of my coaches that, that I, I asked him and he kind of looked at the name. It was called doula aerials for a little bit. And he's like, Hey man, it's cool that you got, you got your name in it and everything, but, uh, you need to be as clear as possible with what you do because you only have so much time when someone scrolls by an ad or gets your email. And yep. if you can be clear cut at that, you fly drones inside, then you're going to be much more successful down the line. Yeah, I think that was good advice. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. <laughs> Can yeah. you can you talk a little bit more, Zach, about um I guess just the whole process of like say so we're talking about sales funnels and building out these processes. Um, but I would love to talk a little bit more about like what that actually looks like for our listeners. You know, again, a lot of a lot of people listening right now, um, they've just gotten started in their career, they're maybe a year or so in. You know, how do they start developing and, and gaining that knowledge? Is that you got to get a sales job. You seek out a mentor, like from your, from your perspective and experience, uh, or if you were going to, you know, recommend anything to someone just starting out in their career as a videographer, what would you recommend to them to really start to build this knowledge and understanding of the importance of sales and funnels and, you know, really getting as many touch points, um, with a client as possible or a potential lead, uh, you know, in order to turn them into a client. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's see here. So say on uh, in regards to sales, I think the best thing that somebody could do is is just go to YouTube and just kind of watch like Grant Cardone boiler room videos and stuff like that and just get a true understanding. Like if you were in a sales job and they plopped you into a cubicle today, here's what it'd be. It'd be like, here's a list. Go up there, go out there and dig up some deals from us. And, and, and it's up to you. And I think that that's what a lot of people don't understand is that just with the Internet, like right now, you can you can get in contact with anybody. You can get on the phone with them. You can send anybody an email and, um, and, and learning that learning that it's not that one touch close, I think is really crucial. And, um, so, so getting an understanding of, of what sales is and, and, and seeing it from other people, I think is important, um, for, for newer people in the industry, people that are in that one to two year mark, I think you need to be entirely focused on on your sales systems. And, and that doesn't have to be automated. That could just be, I send this as my outreach email. And then in two days, I send this as my follow-up email. And then in four days, I call them and I say, hey, did you see my first two emails? I'd love the chance to get 10 minutes of your time to share a few ideas. Uh, how does Monday at 10 p.m. or 10 a.m. look? Um, and, and starting to, to drum up some, some business and, and uh, uh, connections that way, I would say is, is really, really important. 
And then for the people that are a little bit more advanced, when I say automated sales systems, like that's as easy as leveraging softwares that are out there and like softwares that that let you do all that work up front, put in a lead list, add in 10 emails that are going to send out over the period of the next month or two, um, and then hit and go. And and you're not going to be able to do that part, the automations, until you do it manually and understand what messages people respond to and, um, you know, and what works and what doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think the cool thing about, you know, mastering a sales pipeline essentially is that you control the growth of your company, you know, where so many creatives are just, uh, they're at the hands of their clients. And if their client clients are shooting videos that month, great, they might be busy, but if they're not, then they're not busy. And, and they haven't, or at least a lot of our listeners or content creators struggle with finding new content creators or new clients, sorry. And that's, that's one of the things where it's like, as a content creator, you are a small business owner, you are an entrepreneur, and you need to master the skill set of finding new clients. Otherwise, you're going to be growing at a much slower rate than you would ever imagine. And you're also putting the growth of your business and other people because you're just waiting on them to give you a call. You know, so I think, you know, if our listeners could just listen to the steps that you're outlining with your sales pipeline and so much of the other advice that we give them, I think they'd be in a great position to kind of take their the growth of their business and, um, you know, put it into their own hands uh, instead of waiting on everyone else. Everyone loves to wait for referrals in our industry. That's for sure. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and people just think that if, you know, you put your latest video on Instagram that just 10 people are going to call you, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just not that easy. You know, it really isn't. I know people don't like, uh, or some people don't like the sales process, the outreach process, the, the business creation process, business development. But I mean, it's essentially that's, that's the entire business. I mean, you've got to do that first before you can make any videos. Exactly. Exactly. I think people would be surprised to hear just how many different outreach methods we have running for our, our companies. We, we focus a lot on, on automated cold email campaigns. We do a ton. We probably can attribute 20% of indoor drone tours business to uh, LinkedIn. And that being a combination of those automated LinkedIn connector campaigns that most people hate in their inbox because they don't do it uh, correctly. Um, and also organic LinkedIn. And then, uh, Facebook, Instagram ads, organic social media outreach in the DMs, LinkedIn ads, uh, you know, all we have all sorts of things firing and uh, they're all working in different ways and they're all spitting into a certain part of our system where they're being spoken to, followed up with in different ways. And uh, that's that's a lot of the stuff that I try to teach in the Creativepreneur Club and get out to people and the people that hate to do sales. They can learn this method where they can spend a lot of time up front, a couple hours, getting their lead list ready, getting their email copy written. They get to put it into a software and then they can be hands off for for weeks. And there's no better feeling than being out on a film shoot or, or walking outside, looking at your phone and being like, dang, I got I got three meeting opportunities right here between LinkedIn and, and my automated cold email campaigns. And that's mm-hmm. that's the, the biggest trick that, that we've learned recently. And not to mention, you know, most content creators work by themselves and they can only do so much at once. You know, if you're able to set up these sales pipeline and automate that sales experience, then you can go on set and shoot your gigs and everything and do what you love while you're also still following and pursuing new clients in the background. Mm -hmm. 
And there's kind of two, two ends of the whole sales automations. There's what we talked about, which is to get leads. And then there's the whole other end that's to help close leads. And that's something as simple as if you have a, a form on your website or you're running LinkedIn lead gen form ads, uh, to set it up where the minute they hit submit, they're getting texted from you personally that says, hey, it's JJ, just checking in. Uh, let me know if you have any questions about what you claimed on Facebook. Um, having that instantaneously go out you know, while you're sleeping, while you're out on, on site is just, it's incredible. And it's, you know, again, it's the fortunes in the follow-up as we talked about at the beginning of the call here. And so that's a good example mm -hmm. of a sales automation that helps close leads. And then the, you could do things like, Everybody that I send a proposal out to, uh, we love our four-day check-in in email. So if we send a proposal today to you, four days from now, you're going to get an email from us that just says, hey, JJ, hope all's well today. Just wanted to check back in on that proposal I sent you. Uh, any feedback for us? And that right there closes deals. It, it reignites conversations. And it's, again, it's you didn't do anything. All you did was send that proposal out mm -hmm. four days ago and check your email inbox and boom, you've got a response from that guy who's ready to buy or tell you why he's not ready to buy. Mm hmm. Exactly. Love that. And Zach, you know, when we're looking, I guess, you know, to give a, an example here for some of our creators that maybe they've been in the, uh, you know, they've been in the business, um, they've gotten a decent amount of clients, they've got nice word of mouth in their area. You know, how much of their time, like, or, or I guess, let, let's look at you guys, like, how do you make sure that you're not putting out too much um that you guys get too big of a workload that you can no longer handle the amount of clientele that's kind of coming towards you because of, you know, those sales systems that you're putting out there. You know, is that something that you guys kind of slowly configured over time? Or is there a certain, you know, again, like you, you invest 30% of your time um, or efforts in, in developing these funnels and having them operating and 70% the rest is just, you know, actual op business operations um, like how do you make sure that you're not doing too much reach, reach out, um, or outreach, excuse me, you know, when you've already got a solid workload, you know, I know a lot of creators that I talk with, you know, that, that are in a place similar to mine, you know, they've been filming for four to five years, owning their own business. They've got a solid amount of work. Um, and so because of that, you know, they're not ever reaching out or trying to create new relationships. Good question. Um, I would say. I, I, it's easy to always turn things off. So if we have, you know, cold email, LinkedIn connectors, YouTube ads, all that running, and and we get too busy, which has never happened to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I love but that. If we get too busy. Hell yeah. We could just flip them off and and go from there. But I I'm always trying to to find the ways to to handle that workload. Like week four, week five of indoor drone tours, I think I sent out seventy two proposals that week. And the only way I was able to do that was through these automations where I could click a button, the proposal would be made, uh, and then it sends off and it does all that follow up like we just talked about there. So, you know, it's my goal to never be too busy, I guess, with it. Um, and then to the people that are, that are you know, one-off creators that do have that solid book of business, I think that that's the point in time if you're too busy um, and you want to grow, that's the time to start building your team. And that's not only both, your, that's not only just your fulfillment team, your editors and your, your videographers and photographers, but kind of your backend uh, system team. And a lot of people that I work with, they leverage virtual assistants, offshore talent to handle a lot of these minuscule tasks that, that you dread doing when you come home from a shoot. So I would, um, 
I would say that uh, you know it's a combination of of running the automations and then starting to delegate work in the in the right areas. Right, right, and and are you uh, are you freely able to kind of speak on that with your guys' business and and your systems and processes now? Like, do you what what do you guys delegate? Um, if anything, you know, do, is there anything particular you recommend delegating? For instance, you know, I always start first and foremost. You mentioned earlier a uh, virtual assistant just to kind of help with a lot of those mundane, um, busy work tasks that aren't necessarily generating you new clients or more revenue, but just eats a lot of your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the the kind of the admin virtual assistant is, is what we started with. And and our guy, Brent, who's been working with us for two plus years across both. He works across both companies now. His time is spent uh, across a ton of different responsibilities, everything from doing the lead list building that is required to run these email campaigns to actually running the email campaigns um, all the way down the line to for indoor drone tours. He checks the weather every two day, every two, uh, 48 hours in advance. And if it's looking like it's going to rain that day, he will notify our client and say, Hey, it's Brent, it's Brent, the weatherman, like just checking in with you, letting you know, you got uh, 60% <laughs> precipitation on that day. Here's our, our reshoot policy with weather and, and stuff. So you can really, you know, automate a lot of, a lot of unique parts of your business. And it's just you getting creative with it and, and understanding how to teach and train somebody. Um, and then on the back end of of indoor drone tours, like our editing is entirely outsourced to the Philippines. Like we have a system where our pilot drops footage into a folder in Google Drive that shoots right to our editing team. They have all the notes and everything that they needed from when the client onboarded. Um, and then they can handle and, and take care of it from there all the way down to the revision process. Like our clients will comment revisions on our system. It shoots right to our editing team in the Philippines. We have one work in the day, one work at night. And they take care of it all uh, for us. And every once in a while, John will get a call that someone wants to talk about something. But uh, uh, we we really leverage as much uh, as much of the offshore talent as we can to to make it to make it run smoothly, and then to also keep our costs as low as possible, so we can offer it to our clients at a at a reasonable rate. Yeah, you know, how how can young content creators figure out how much to invest in their business? You know, like. Things like you're talking about, they require investment on your side uh, to grow your business. You know, a marketing budget on LinkedIn and outsourcing to v, uh, VAs and whatnot. Like, how do you determine how much you're investing back into the business? I don't have a cookie cutter answer for that. But what I can say is is to to start with one of these. Like, if you're listening to this and you're new to the, to the business, my first system I would go buy, I'd go buy prospect.io. It's an automated email software that lets you not only get the lead information, but also run that whole email funnel. Um, and I would start with something like that. It's 60 bucks a month. And it, that's nothing because it's an, it's an investment that's going to get you clients. And uh, so, so starting there to have some sort of outreach system. Um, and then number two would be a, a CRM system where you can start tracking it and, and sending them into your sales pipeline and start automating some of these tasks that we talked about. Um, and, and with that, I mean, you could do the two of those if, if, with our course, it's 149 bucks for those two systems that, that we leverage our CRM and our, our email automation. So I would start there. And then as you progress, you're just going to keep learning more. And, and when you're making money off cold email here, you're going to go, okay, let's try this automated LinkedIn campaigns over here. And you'll invest in that mm -hmm. software and, and build on it from there. Uh, but, mm -hmm. You know, at the, at the end of the day, like when we, when we started, we were just grinding whatever deals we could bring in. We look at the bottom, bottom line number at the end of the month and we just agree, hey, is it worth it to, to invest in 
you know, this program for X amount of dollars or to buy this software that's going to cost us a hundred bucks a month. And, you know, gut feeling like, yeah, we believe in each other and we can do it. So let's pull the trigger. Mm -hmm. Do you mind talking a little bit more about uh, the pricing for indoor drone tours? And I, and the reason why is like, you know, when content creators are looking at creating a lot of videos like this uh, and having most likely standardized pricing and whatnot, you know, thinking about profit margins and thinking about time that's being committed to that project and making sure it's a healthy relationship or balance between the time you spend and the time the money you're actually making. What, what does that process look like for indoor drone tours? So indoor drone tours is our, it's our low cost, high volume business, scalable business, because we replicate the same thing over and over again. It's easy to teach other people to do that. Um, so we, with that, like our residential tours are very aggressively priced. We, we try to compete directly with Matterport and other 3D tours. Uh, and again, the only way we can do that is by leveraging these systems and these offshore talents so we can keep our costs low. Um, and, and so for that, you know, our margins are, are much, much lower per video than for Doula Creative Shop. Uh, where Doula Creative Shop, you know, we can outsource projects and try to keep our margins around 50 to 60 percent and, uh, you know, really just stay in that direction role and, and you know, monitor and navigate. Um, but indoor drone tours is, is a whole different beast. And, uh, you know, the only reason we're OK with selling our product at such a low cost is is because the, the fulfillment is very simple. There's no customization to it. You're dealing with minimal revisions outside of can we speed it up here or cut this clip out here? And um, when you have this replicatable formula, you can start charging less money for it because all the headaches are gone and you don't have to sit there and, and deal with uh, consultation calls and the client wants this and that. And so kind of two different beasts there for our, our two companies, um, but both completely different in profit margin and, and how we look at the money. Gotcha. And I assume at this time, Indoor Drone Tours is just within the Chicago area? Chicago for residential, but we do travel uh, all over for commercial deals. And we actually just booked our largest deal in company history two days ago. It's a seven location uh, industrial deal across the United States. So got our boys flying out here next week. Oh, cool. Awesome, man. Fantastic. And, you know, Zach, I want to kind of cut back to the, the systems and processes again. And I'm curious, you know, how do you guys make sure that, you know, you're, you're having all these automated processes, which is great. You know, it's taking a lot of that work off of your backs. But how do you make sure that that doesn't make your brand feel cold? And uh, I, I don't know how to describe if I'm describing that right mm -hmm. with cold. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you make your brand yeah. still feel very personable? Still feel like, you know, they're talking to a real, real person that really cares and really wants to help your business. Um, how do you still insert that and make sure that that is a prominent thing that that uh, your brand uh, represents and puts for in the forefront for your clients? Sure. If, if you were to go through our automations, you most of the time wouldn't realize that they're automated. They're all coming from personal email addresses. Big rule lesson for everybody right here is. Don't ever send emails, especially cold emails from, you know, Doula Creative Shop as, as the, the title. It needs to come from Zach Doula uh, with your profile and have that personalized approach. Same thing with our text messages. When a social lead comes in, that first text says, hey, it's Zach from Indoor Drone Tours here. You know, how can I help you? And most people, especially the older generation, they don't understand the, the, the capabilities with this automation stuff. And 
a lot of the time they just come to us and say, wow, you guys are really, really good at following up or extremely good at getting your stuff booked on time. And it just makes the process go extremely smooth for the client. And uh, if you can write quality copy and, and think of something like in a broader perspective, like for doula, where I'm not going to say something and the client's going to realize that this doesn't pertain to them. Um, that's kind of the, the secret formula I would say for them. So, um, you know, if you do it correctly, uh, you, you don't come off as cold. You just come off as prepared and professional. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And, and a quick follow up with that, Zach, you know, from your guys's experience, you know, I think I got the answer here, but from your experience, if you were to be speaking to someone, you know, that let's say they're two years in their career, they've got a decent amount of clients, but they're definitely open for more. They've got some money they can invest. Would you recommend that they find a solid marketing team that can help market their business? Or would you say, you know, invest your money in educational resources into testing out, you know, different platforms, different CRM systems and find what really works for you and your business? Like, what would you recommend for our listeners? I would recommend to start with with experimenting yourself with these platforms and learning how they work. It's especially for videographers and photographers, it's tough to get business from, from straight up Facebook ads, unless you have a unique offering or an industry offering and uh, handing it over to a marketing team is it's one route to go. But, but uh, the way that we built our business is just through these processes that we've talked about here. And, and I would really recommend focusing on your CRM, setting up some of these key like client management automations we call them and uh and streamlining you know streamlining i guess the the leads coming in but then also once they close what happens after that uh that that sets you up for success before you're on site at that shoot mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense i can i can kind of dive into that a little bit more with uh like the number one automation i would say the first thing that people should set up would be an onboarding automation and whether that's uh it could just start with you manually sending a form out to people, but go get JotForm or go get one of these form sites out there and come up with a with an onboarding form and a process that asks all the questions that you need from the client. So you go out there and you know exactly what you're getting done, as opposed to kind of the common route most people do, which is they just close a deal for a brand video and they show up on site with a camera and try to connect all the dots there. Um, but I would say onboarding automation, scheduling automations, like leveraging calendar softwares, that's a big thing for us. Uh, those two, I would say, is a good place to start with with kind of streamlining your business. Mm-hmm. Uh, for your creative shop, uh, do you have an onboarding questionnaire as well? Yep. Yeah, creative shop flow is uh, the contract gets signed. I get dinged in Slack on my phone that says we, get, we just closed the deal. Uh, they're immediately sent the onboarding form that asks them, you know, everything, what's the tone of the video you're looking for? Are we, are there people involved in the video? Um, you know, everything that, that we need in that form that goes out to them. The minute they fill that out, they get another email from us that says, Hey, thanks for submitting your onboarding form. Uh, now it's time to schedule your prep call. Please book off 30 minutes on my calendar here. They book on the calendar. Then they get another email after that, that says, thanks so much. We're excited for your prep call. Uh, if you're ready to jump ahead, you can schedule your shoot date right here as well. So we can take our clients with doula from the minute they sign the proposal, they're onboarded, they've scheduled their call with us, they scheduled their shoot with us, and then we're jumping on that, that prep call, just reviewing their notes, making sure we're all on the same page, and, and then headed out there to execute. Smooth Whew. sailing. I like that, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very satisfying to see 
yeah. on the phone and be like, dang, I closed and they booked their shoot. I don't have to do anything right now. Like that's what, uh, that's what gets me going. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it'd be funny to listen to some other seasoned content creators talk about their sales pipeline. And I assume it would probably just be like, you know, I sent out 10 Instagram DMs today, feeling pretty good, <laughs> waiting for them to respond. <laughs> You know, it's just one of those things like as creators, we never learned the business. We never learned sales. We never learned marketing. We, we don't know that kind of stuff. And, you know, that's kind of why Kyle and I have spent so much of this first season of Learn Videography on trying to teach these skills because you're running a business, you know, and you're running a business that you want to grow into a big business to make more money and to give you more flexibility and freedom as a content creator. And so... Yeah, it, it might not be sexy to some, but it's essential. It's it's very sexy when it's set up and running. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it takes. I'm sure those those text messages of like, yeah, you just landed a new client. That's sexy. Yeah, for sure. And and I understand that a lot of the listeners here might be, uh, you know, in that one to two year gap. So would love to give a little advice to, you know, to those people. And and I think that most of those content creators, they've tried sending cold emails. They've sent one or two or ten and. There's like, dang, it didn't work. I got no responses. And the, the cold, hard truth is that your email copy just sucks. It's not what it needs to be. And what we thrive on is by showing personality through your cold emails and just trying to make it so you're not like everybody else out there. Don't type like a salesman. Like if you've never been in sales, you're going to sit there and try to try to sound like you're Jordan Belfort or Grant Cardone. And, and it's just going to come mm -hmm. off wordy and fluffy and all that. So I have never shared this email before with uh, any of my students. I've always referred to it. It's called the Batman email. And uh, I ran this all throughout Chicago for probably a year and a half, two years, marketing directors, presidents. I got a response from the marketing director of the Chicago Blackhawks off this email and uh, would love to read it and hear your guys' thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> love it. So it's... Thank so it you. kicks off and I can't take credit for the first line. I stole it from a sales podcast, but uh, it, it works hmm. great. Um, so it's, it says, so first name, to be honest, I got your information off a list, dot, dot, dot. But hey, at least your list worthy, right? <laughs> and, uh, I'm reaching out because I dug in on your social media and I'm confident we're your Chicago based digital Robin parentheses. Yes, of course, you're Batman. No, we don't want to take <laughs> pages. We create epic video and photo content that excels across each platform. Are you open to jumping on a 10 minute call next week to hear a few ideas? I blasted that everywhere. And I, it was incredible. The response rates we got, we had people respond and saying, you know what? Like, I'll just take the meeting. I don't even need video services right now, but I'll take the meeting because of that cold email. That's <laughs> awesome, man. <laughs> we'll take that young content. I love it. And, and implement some some personality into your cold email outreach and you'll be surprised at, at the responses you can get. Yeah, it's short. It's sweet. It's simple. It's to the point. You know, it's got personality humor to it. You know, I, I think it has on all of the marks for sure. And I'm glad to see it's given you success there. Uh, let's quickly talk about like, how do you measure success through email campaigns? You know, like, uh, to your point, you said earlier, if, if you don't get a response after 10 emails, then you might be doing the copy wrong. But in general, email response rates are pretty low, you know, like, uh, you know, maybe let's say an open rate. Would you say 30 to 35 percent would be a healthy, good open rate for emails? I don't even look at open rates. I just look at response rates. And one reason is okay. if you're looking at open rates, most of those softwares, you're adding an additional pixel onto your email, which is going to 
a lot of the time send you to a spam inbox. So I always uncheck the open rate tracking and I just respond on how many uh, positive responses come through off of that campaign. And that's going to be very different based on the industry you're going after, based on the people you're going after. Good example is we're running commercial email campaigns right now for indoor drone tours. Half the list is going after CEOs, presidents, vice presidents, the, the C-suite execs. The bottom half the list is going after the marketing function, the directors, the marketing assistants and all that. So response rates for the marketing, the bottom of the list is going to be tremendously better than the top of the list. Um, but we know if that CEO sees this email and forwards it to his marketing team, they're going to look at it with a whole new vision behind it and, and really mm -hmm. take it seriously. So, um, I, you know, there's no exact percentage I'd, I'd like to throw out here, but I would just say, you know, it's it's a testing type of thing. And uh, even if you send 100 automated cold emails, you get two responses and one of them closes. It was worth it because you spent an hour or two in, your, in the back end just setting it up and and right. you, know, you didn't have to do anything else from there besides jump on and send them a proposal. Right. Well, and that's, I think, what the idea that I was getting at. If, if you send out 100 and you get a handful back, that is a success in its own Absolutely. right. Yeah, I, I just would judge your success by the response rate and then obviously the closed deals that come from each platform outreach. Mm -hmm. And how many emails did you send out a week? You know, would you say 100, 500, 1,000? You know, like... I assume it's whatever you can manage and handle and the more the better, but you know, what would be a healthy rate for a content creator one, two, three years in trying to get, you know, three, five extra clients a month? Mm -hmm. I mean, the more, the better, obviously, but you need to, you need to be careful here. And I need to say this right away. You, if you're ever doing bulk cold emailing, you don't want to do it off your primary website domain. Like I never cold email off indoordronetours.com or doula.biz. I cold email off doulacreativeshop.com, which is a total burner URL. Um, and there's reasons to do that, to not mess up your domains. Uh, mm -hmm. Google max limit, I believe, changes every day, but it's 200, I think, daily limit for mm -hmm. it. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, young cre content creator, someone starting off, if you can send 20 emails a day. I mean, that adds up to 100 emails a week right there. And if you got good quality copy and you're targeting the right people with your prospecting and that lead list you're building, it's going to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And just keep doing it, you know, keep getting going every week, every month. Yep. And, and, you know, the more, the, not to get too far deep into, but, you know, the more domains that you have, the more burner domains you have running and the longer those things are up and standing, the more credible they are. Uh, and the more inboxes you're going to hit and, and things of that sort. So to really scale with cold email is we teach a lot about the process of like warming up an email account and uh, getting mm -hmm. that all set up. And, and, you know, we have probably four or five burner email accounts in the background that if one gets flagged and, and blacklisted for whatever reasons, then we just switch it over to the other one. Right yeah, on, right it makes on. sense. You know, and. As we're kind of uh, working to uh, wrap up this episode, Zach, would like to kind of get into like a broader sense of multiple revenue streams. Um, what are some general tips you can list off here for our content creators listening in on how they can really start thinking about and implementing new income streams into their business structure? You know, I, I think a lot of content creators just struggle with the idea and concept of implementing a new source of revenue or how they, they can turn their current business and monetize it in a different way. I think the best place to start is looking at an industry and, and finding 
developing an incredible product for that industry. So like if I, if, if I didn't have indoor drone tours right now, I would be trying to build video business cards for realtors under Dula Creative Shop or uh, a great company example is this, this company, it's called Crisp. And uh, they're entirely focused on the legal space. And they do like, you know, this replicatable model of, of what they call the video business cards for, for lawyers. And I think that is the better way to think of it as, is like, I've got this production company, but how can I get, how can I grow this lane over here, become the specialist in this lane, get all the credibility and social proof for the, the legal space, for example, um, and scale that product under my line. Uh, where a lot of content creators are focused on like selling preset packs and lots and all that and thinking that's the route to go where, you know, I more so see it as just like build a little separate business under your business. That's, that's a, a specialist type of deal. And, uh, you know, if you do one right, you'll see that replicatable formula that we're working with with indoor drone tours. And you can expand on that. You could go to other industries or replicate like similar industries. Maybe you do it for a chiropractor and then you can do the same thing for a dentist and the same thing for a, uh, you know, another doctor. Over doctor. Here. Yeah. yeah. And, and kind of thinking of it in that way, um, as opposed to like, what's something completely different that I can do to monetize my video and photography skills. Right, right. Yeah, you have this skill set of being able to capture this video. And there's so many different ways that you can use video. And if you just attack it from how can I make a video for every industry, it's really overwhelming, you know, and, and you don't even know where to start when it comes to the sales. But if you say, hold on a second, I am an indoor drone company. And all and what I do is I sell indoor drone tours, then it makes it really clear of like, well, who is my customer? you know, that or my client that is brokers, that's real estate agents, you know? And so that's where I start with brokers and real estate agents. And I start to really lean onto that industry and scale that. And it gives you a really clear path forward rather than I'm a content creator. I make music videos. I make real estate videos. I make wedding mm -hmm. videos. Who am I going to go after? I think that's the biggest mistake a lot of people make. They have the, the, the ego of wanting to have this massive shop this massive company and, and they don't want to be the, the video company for lawyers. They just, they're like, I don't you know. That's not what I want to do with my life. And that's fine. But I, I think that that, that scalable model is something that a lot of people need to focus on and it's going to make your life easier on, on the sales end, like those cold emails, you have to write one flow of cold emails. They're all going to speak to that same person the same way, or your onboarding form is the questions are all going to relate directly to that real estate deal or that legal video business mm -hmm. card that you're creating so it really it, it's a breath of fresh air to, to having done what you just said going after marketing directors and, and doing the broad marketing route a uh, breath of fresh air to, to know you know i just got to find the realtors and speak to them in the same way that i spoke to this one totally right. exactly and zach you know what is what is in your opinion a healthy balance between specializing, you know, niching down earlier in your career to, you know, become that specialist in your market and in that field, as well as, you know, making sure that you're also open to experimenting and trying different avenues and routes, you know, to, to see if there's something that you're actually better at, or maybe you have a better value offer, or maybe you're just straight up more interested in. Mm -hmm. It's a great point. Uh, I went through, I would recommend in the beginning that you stay broad and just, you know, work for any industry that you can work for and, and experiment and see what you like to do, the people you like to communicate with. 
I have tried get the experience. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I've tried everything, man. And early on in my career, like was, I could go back and list of running social campaigns for med spas and thinking that was my scalable model to, <laughs> uh, to, I mean, just retail shops, hotels, like 30 plus industries. We ran social campaigns for under doula until we really started to find out what we love to do. And, and, you know, that, that was the creative content end of it. And, uh, so in the beginning, test everything, but the people that specialize and niche down sooner than the others are going to be so much better off in a couple years from now. And I know that, I know that everyone wants the creative freedom. They want the, to do these awesome custom creative projects, but three, five years later, like you're going to burn out eventually. And it would be awesome to just have a scalable business that can run that other people can execute. Uh, and doesn't depend entirely on you. And it's just there because of all the work and, and processes that you put in place early on. Yeah. Ooh, I love that, man. Booyah. Um, there it is. JJ, anything else yourself? I, I think um, I think we're pretty good. Here. Yeah, no, I think JJ, this I've has heard been a few exhales phenomenal. over there. You seem overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I am good. Uh, this is my stuff, Zach. I, this is what I really like. Dig similar to you. I, I'm a marketing guy. I'm not quite a sales guy. I will admit that I get a little nervous with sales. I get a little nervous with hopping on phone calls for the first time with new clients. Like that is intimidating to me. So, like, what could you tell, or what kind of advice could you give to people like me that are sometimes afraid to take that next step? Everybody's afraid. So no matter how many times you do it, you still get nervous. I got nervous, you know, jumping on this podcast before coming on here. It, it never goes away. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I like to say is just be the most confident version of yourself. And don't ever think that you're bugging somebody or annoying somebody with your outreach. Like this is how businesses move forward. This is how it's been going on for for decades. And, and I think a lot of people have this feeling of like, oh, I'm interrupting this person's day. But you got to remember that you have an incredible product or an incredible service to, to provide to this business. And all you're doing is trying to help them out. And I think running that through your head before you jump on the phone is huge. And uh, maybe a few deep breaths and a couple push-ups to, to get the blood flowing. <laughs> there you go. Um, any final words for our listeners, Zach? Uh, you know, any final pieces of advice, um, especially, you know, for content creators, you know, early on in their career, um, really just starting to kind of explore um, building out multiple revenue streams. It's a lot easier to sell something when you have an, a product to show. Like if you're going into a, a chiropractor the second time, if you have one chiropractor under video under your belt, that, that meeting is going to go so much smoother. So in the beginning stages here, you're going to have to do some free work. You're going to do some discounted work, um, but choose wisely with that. And don't, uh, you know, don't, don't fall in the trap of like just grabbing something to grab it. Like really take take a step back and say, okay, if I do this video for free for this this chiropractor, you know, what can I do with that to to drum up more business? And I, I did a lot of campaigns and things that I that I learned stuff from, but I absolutely regret how much time I put into it because it led nowhere, and I couldn't use that to to drum up business in other places. So I just uh, stay focused on that and. Um, and then I just cap it off. I'd love to give a, a shameless plug for my program, if that's okay by you guys. Yeah, yeah. Of course. We, uh, so we kicked off this, this program. It's called Automation Station. And uh, it's a two-part two part program. It starts with the fundamentals of business, where we talk a lot about structuring your services, building packages, um, all that good stuff. And then we lead into 
a lot of the sales systems we talked about here, some general sales training, uh, and then we actually arm you with our our pipeline that that basically lets you start with like 20, 30 hours of work into it and you just get it going and, and customize your logo and your name and all that. And uh, it's an all-encompassing program, takes you from A to Z to, to start a creative shop and kind of do a lot of the stuff we're talking about here. So uh, in, more information is at jointhe.cc and uh, you can follow us on the Creativepreneur Club on Instagram as well. Oh, Love yeah. it. Thanks for sharing that. And thanks for finding the time to join us today, Zach. I, you know, we talked about so many important things, how to build that sales pipeline, how to go out and scale a business and how to find your niche and really be that specialized uh, person in that niche. And so thank you for shedding all that, uh, that light and, and spreading the knowledge to our listener base. We really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me out. And, uh, yeah, of course. Time. Of course, for our listeners next week on Learn Videography, Kyle and I will be sharing our experiences in the film industry and we'll discuss some of the things that we've learned throughout our careers to help all of you manage your expectations and to align your businesses better. But otherwise, you can follow us on Instagram at Learn Videography and at Industry Jump. And you can follow our special guest at Zach Dula along with Kyle at Cal Visuals and myself at JJ Englert. Other than that, we hope you guys have a great week. We'll catch you next week on Learn Videography. Thanks again, Shaq. Love it. Awesome stuff, man. Go sell some videos, y'all. Let's go. Cheers. <laughs>